Hey guys, this is Nick. A quick announcement before we get started today. If you're going to be at San Diego Comic-Con this Thursday, July 9th, 2015, Phil and I will be signing books at Mysterious Galaxy booth 1119 at 3 p.m. That's Mysterious Galaxy booth 1119 at 3 p.m. this Thursday, July 9th, 2015. So come find us and say, hey, we'll sign your baby and kiss your book. Without further ado, here's this week's episode where we break down Back to the Future 2. Doc, you better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. Welcome to Paradox, the time travel podcast, where we reach our hands deep into the tangled webs of time travel movies, books, and TV shows, and attempt to untie, demystify, and analyze the time travel therein. I'm Nick Hurwich. I'm Phil Hornshaw. We're co-authors of the book, So You Created a Wormhole. The Time Traveler's Guide to Time Travel, and the new Space Hero's Guide to Glory, How to Get Off Your Podunk Planet and Master the Final Frontier. Welcome to episode two of the podcast, where we will continue our journey through the smoking hot mothers. Mothers? Well, <laughs> I guess, there's more right? than one. Yeah. And there's more than one in this movie. Mm-hmm. So. The smoking hot mothers of all time travel movies, the Back to the Future trilogy. On this, the 30th anniversary of Back to the Future 1. We Isn't are, it? in fact, recording it on is. July 3rd, 2015. Yes, all right. So I, it I'm is glad ex- I was right about that. It is exactly the 30-year yes. anniversary of the release you of the might be listening original to this movie. Four days from now, I think, is the plan. But Or five. Whatever. I don't, I don't know. know. Math. Whatever. Time works. <laughs> or 30 years from now. Uh-huh, exactly. So, uh, as the movie does, we're picking up right where we left off last week. Roads. Where we're going, we don't need roads. I actually, I, I drove here. Yeah, okay, well. To your apartment. Like one road that we need, that's it. So it occurred to me after our kind of mind-bending end to last episode, we should recap a little bit. Yeah, last time on Paradox. <laughs> we created some. Basically, the conclusions that we drew, to summarize, are that <clears throat> Doc Brown, uh, there's more than meets the eye with Doc Brown. He's meddling. Somewhat. Yeah. He's, well, we're thinking at least that Doc Brown has engineered a situation such that upon returning, or upon heading to 2015, which is the the kind of fulcrum of this movie, the uh, the situation has been engineered such that um, Doc can take Marty, our original Marty, Marty A, Marty, the, the point of view character of this movie, um, forward to see how his life would turn out, but it's not really his life. It's actually Marty B, the uh, the Marty created by the changes to the timeline Marty A enacted in the first movie. So it occurred to me that we didn't do the best job in our first no. episode explaining why there are two Martys, and yet there's only one of everyone else. Mostly because we were sitting here going like working through the mind blowing part. Sure, <laughs> as, yeah, as the, as it was happening that. There was like 15 <laughs> minutes of that that we just cut from this podcast because it was like... We've only analyzed this <laughs> between one another a million times yeah. and that we're always but yeah, getting just, tripped up by new things. That's what time travel is like. You just you think a new crap, a new logical arises because, you know, that's the way it is. So here's the way to think about it. Marty A., our point of view characters in the movies, is born 
two parents, Lorraine and George. And when he's 17 in 1985, he travels back in time to 1955, nearly screws up the meeting of his parents, George and Lorraine, ends up fixing things, making things better, because when he travels back to 1985, everyone's life has improved. George, Lorraine, his brother and sister, even Marty himself has uh, a better truck, inexplicably the same girlfriend. (laughs) But everyone but Marty has no recollection of the original timeline. For them, this is reality, because Marty has changed things in the past that have led to this new 1985. So for them, it's the only time that's ever been. The reason there's a we know that there's a Marty B is that, think of it this way, Marty's in 1955, the night of the lightning storm, right? Right. He drives forward, hits the clock tower, or hits the lightning bolt at the right time, travels forward 30 years. During that time, Marty A is not there. He doesn't he doesn't exist until he pops back into existence in 1985. But during that span of 30 years, life is continuing for everyone else, which means that uh, George and Lorraine, Marty's parents, go on to get married. They go on to have three children. And at a certain point during those 30 years, they give birth to Marty. Right. And we know that when... Marty A pops back into existence in 1985. Changes have occurred, including another Marty uh, has been born and has been raised under somewhat different circumstances right. than he was originally. Because Lorraine and George are two completely different people because of each other. Like Marty's work in 1955 in the first movie changed George dramatically, made him more confident. You know, he punched out Biff. All those effects that you see at the end of the movie had to have antecedents all the way through his upbringing. So basically, the difference is Marty, everything about Marty's life was has changed, right? The new Marty, when he was born to better parents, developed completely differently. So it's got to be a different guy. You know, it is a different guy. It is period. a different like, guy. That's, that's, we know that. The other Marty, Marty A, the point of view character of the movie, had came from a different world, basically. Different planet. Yeah. Precisely, and which he can never get back to. It no longer is there. So uh, we draw a couple different conclusions from this. The first conclusion is that, uh, and this is what we really got tripped up by in the first movie, um, though the movie wants to imply that uh, the Marty that Marty A sees in the parking lot at the end of Back to the Future 1 is traveling back to 1955 just like he did, he can't. Because if he did, he would land on top of Marty A if they arrived at the exact same point. We can also conclude that Doc Brown, because he had experienced Marty A's interference in the past and took actions to save his own life from gunfire from the Libyans, and because Marty B, as we just laid out, has lived a different life under different circumstances than the original Marty, Doc Brown must have been... uh, meddling in order to get Marty B to the same point on the same night that Marty A was going to arrive to appear to travel back at the exact same point. Right. He had a videotape of that evening. He could recreate it exactly, basically. And he did so. He had to have. 
recreated it because the circumstances are all different. Like because even even though Marty has a different life, Doc Brown's life has got to be different too. I mean, he knows that he invents time travel just by just by virtue of running into Marty. He knows he invents time travel. He knows he's going to be successful. He knows a number of things. He's looked at the time machine. He knows a whole lot of stuff ahead of when he would have invented it, basically. And that's, you know, a big, that's a big boost to inventing, basically. Yeah. So it changes, it's got to change Doc Brown's trajectory, too. You would think that that would mean that that night would have to be different in some way. But it doesn't go down differently. It goes down exactly the same. Doc Brown must have put it together. Put it together. Uh, for Marty's benefit. Which for is Marty the, which A's is the benefit. Yes, exactly. Screw you, Marty B. Uh, <laughs> so the other side effect of that is we know that, and this is getting into today's episode, Back to the Future 2, when Marty A travels to the future with Doc Brown, that the Marty, the older Marty who is there is not actually Marty A. Why do we know this? Because we saw in the first Back to the Future, the first time that there's an instance of time travel, Doc Brown puts Einstein, his pet dog, into the remote-controlled DeLorean, sends him one minute in the future, and in that time, Einstein's not there. Which means that when Doc Brown takes Marty into the future, Marty should be arriving into a future that he does not exist in. Right. Because for everyone uh, in the timeline... They've just lived 30 years in which Marty has not yeah, existed. He skipped those years, just like Einstein skipped that minute and reappeared one minute ahead. Marty is out of the timeline until he re-enters the timeline in 2015. So how could he run into himself? Or how could he see his older self? Or Jennifer does or whatever is the situation. But Marty's older self couldn't be in 2015 if Marty is not in the timeline up to that point. So Precisely. The wrinkle <clears throat> here being uh, Marty's girlfriend, Jennifer. Right. Because she comes along for the ride, and she also travels 30 years into the future. And there's no Jennifer B, because she did right. not become displaced in time like Marty A did in the first movie. Well, and this is where we get start, start to get weird. So... Marty, let's, we'll get back to Jennifer in a second, but there's a Marty in 2015, and Marty A skipped those 30 years as we discussed, so it couldn't be him, you know? He did not live a life because he was in a time machine, so he... Me, well, and meanwhile, uh, Marty B could not have traveled to the same point right. in time that Marty A did in 1955. Because, yeah. Because in the first movie, because he would have landed on top of Marty A. Exactly. POV if, character. If you think about the timeline as like a tree, right? And, you know, 1159, November 5th, November 4th, 1955 is the point where Marty first enters the past, right? And then it starts to splinter as he changes it. And you get two different distinct timelines, the original timeline and the timeline because of Marty's changes. If Doc Brown sent somebody back to that, point of split that first moment 1159 then he's there he's in that that moment of time right marty a is there we know that if he sent marty b back there at the end of the movie back to the future one they like we said they'd run into each other they they have to be marty b has to be somewhere else physically and temporally 
That must mean, I guess we're going with, Doc Brown doesn't send Marty B. back to 1955 at the end of Back to the Future 1. Instead, he sends him forward, but not so far forward that he doesn't, he's not around. He actually just sends him forward to miss Marty A. Gets him out of the way for a bit. Because at the beginning of the next movie, they're traveling through time, uh, you know, eight hours later at most. It's like the next morning. It's like 9 a.m. Yeah. So he gets rid of Marty B. Marty doesn't sleep for like a week straight (laughs) in this trilogy. Yeah. Well, I Um, guess he gets knocked unconscious a couple times. Yeah, for like varying degrees of hours. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so we're guessing that Doc Brown has a lot more information than he lets on, and he's doing a lot more with it than he lets on. And he must be getting Marty out of the way so that he can continue to interact with Marty A, his friend, his friend from 30 years ago now. He's got the real history with that Marty, and he's trying to improve that Marty's life, we're, we're assuming. Which which raises some questions. Let's let's do some uh, plot recap, and then we'll yes. kind of catch up to ourselves. So the beginning of Back to the Future 2 begins with the exact same scene that the original Back to the Future ends with, uh, with the exception of the fact that Jennifer, Marty's girlfriend, has been recast. Yeah. Uh, the original actor's mother was sick. Yeah, uh, Claudia Wells couldn't come back. Couldn't come back. Uh, which has led to some dopey fan theories in which <laughs> they speculate that uh, Marty's interference in the timeline has changed Jennifer's birth in such a way Her that parentage, she slightly. has slightly different hair and different facial yeah. features. I mean, She's Elizabeth Shue instead of Claudia Wells. Baby. Yeah, which is, you know what, sometimes things are just dumb movie things and <laughs> we don't need to get into the semi I mean, we're, we're going to be pedantic, but not about that. So. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be pedantic about the things we want to be pedantic mm-hmm. about. Elizabeth Shue is things. not one of them. No. So uh, Doc Brown comes to retrieve Marty and Jennifer because there's something gravely amiss with uh, Marty's kids 30 years into the future. And so he throws them in the time machine, tells them that where they're going, they don't need roads and they fly away. In the DeLorean time machine, which now runs on uh, compost. Yeah. Mr. Fusion. Yeah, that Fusion thing. Beer and the can that the beer comes in. So we've already, got a, that. we've already got a mess of problems going on here. We're only one scene in. Doc Brown, for all of his talk of non-interference and no, he time loves, travel sanctity. He loves interference. Is just, he's just... <laughs> fucking things up the entire time well no i mean that's i think that's the the conceit is that he's not fucking things up he's unfucking things he's actively unfucking things specifically for his best friend marty well okay the son he never had i'm gonna go ahead and extrapolate that riddle me this (laughs) if you have all you have a time machine you have all the time in the world and you're picking up your friends in a delorean which is even of the period in 1985 would you not first drive them out of town before you got up to 88 miles per hour and flew through the air? Instead, you do it on the neighborhood street where any number of people could see you, but specifically Biff Tannen does see you, <laughs> setting about the events of this movie. I don't know. Uh, like It's got, blatantly irresponsible. You, it is that. But you got a cool car. I don't know. I mean, Doc Brown has a bit of a, uh, he's got a bit of a vanity thing going on. I mean, the out-of-time license plate. If you're going to, if you're going to build a time machine, why not 
give it some style. He fucking wanted to show off a little but that's, bit. That's <laughs> like, different that's just than the situation. flying your flying car, whether or not it's a time machine, down a <laughs> suburban street in broad daylight. That is just reckless. Yeah. Plus, he brings Jennifer along with him only to drug her to... To, well, okay, he doesn't drug her. <laughs> he uses his date rape eyeball machine <laughs> in the car three minutes later after they're in the future because she starts asking very, very base Basic, level questions yeah. like, wait, we're in the future? Wow, we get married? Blap, you're asleep <laughs> now. Hope no one rapes Here's you Here's a while bunch you're of asleep. stuff that Marty can know, but you are too hysterical to know, apparently. Like basically that's it. It's like, yeah. whoa, you're getting out of control here. So Marty, that's, here's the here's the thing about this. The trouble with Jennifer is she starts asking like a ton of questions out the gate, right? Like Jennifer's like wants to know about this thing. She doesn't just go, Oh, you built a time machine? I guess I'll film it for you. Fucking Marty is a bit of a dope. Marty's behind the ball. He's, like, he, he's, he's super way behind, behind the ball. all the, at all times, which means Jennifer would actually probably make for a pretty excellent time traveler. Yeah, no, and, I, and like, and I love, I love Marty McFly as the dude. But yeah, he's just like, oh, this is heavy, and he just like kind of, he just kind of like stares at stuff wide eyed and and goes about his business. He asks shockingly few questions about things, and usually realizes <laughs> things like. After it's too late. Yeah. Or or when it's painfully obvious. No, I mean honest. like he it takes him a few movies to get his, his act together at the time. In and this is this is we'll step back for a minute. Robert Zemeckis himself, uh creator, director, uh of the Back to the Future trilogy, has said that putting Jennifer in the car at the end of Back to the Future was a mistake. They kind of they kind of uh, put themselves in a corner yeah, there because they, they're like, oh, now we have her in the car. And then they had to recast her even. Right. And they didn't feel like, I guess, writing anything for her to do. Although she has the best scene in the movie, which is, well, kind of. Oh, which she is watches the, the best scene. Yeah, that's true. Um, but she, oh, yeah, she gets to go. The best scene it does facilitate. <laughs> the fact that she's there facilitates a lot of cool stuff because Marty doesn't Definitely. go in there. Right. And that's very important. Marty doesn't go into his own house later on i will get there i guess but yeah so in in any mm. case doc brown has invent, invented a date rape machine which you only need to hold it up to the eyes well of i don't your know victim. that he invented it i bet that was that seemed like future tech he, he bought one yeah. he bought one just in case a uh, local spy shop <laughs> basically what's happened is that uh marty mcfly jr has gotten in with griff grandson of biff tannen uh, and they're going to pull off some robbery that gets Marty McFly Jr. arrested and thrown in jail for the next 15 years. Yeah. And it sets, according to Doc Brown, uh, sets in motion a series of events that ruins the lives of Marty's entire family. Yeah. It's just devastation. And it all goes back to this single point, um, which is actually up to some debate. But we'll so circle back there. Yeah. Uh, Doc comes at this with a ton of information. He's been screwing around in the future for a long time. That's important to note because as we start to break this down, it gets weird that, you know, the level of information that Doc Brown has and what he's doing with it. It implies a lot more going on with that dude. Because what we were trying to get at, you know, there's more to Doc Brown than meets the eye. On top of already meddling and ruining the life of Marty B. So (laughs) what's curious here is... Okay, Doc, Doc Brown's plan is for 
Marty to take the place of Marty Jr. at the critical meeting between he and Griff to tell Griff no, that he won't partake in his plan, and thereby saving Marty Jr. from imprisonment and preventing the series of events that, uh, according to Doc Brown, ruins Marty's family's lives. But this Marty in the future, as we just discussed, is not actually Marty A. Yeah. So I guess you could read it as empathy that uh, Doc Brown feels feels guilty for messing with Marty B's life. Yeah, maybe. Well, we were having. It's this, hard to say. <laughs> exactly. We were having this discussion the other day, and you can tell me how full of shit you think I am. Or not. <laughs> but what's interesting is that uh, so Marty in the future is kind of a loser. They live in a rough part of town. Right. Uh, something happened to him where. Um, he injured his hand. He gave up his dreams and, uh, yeah. and they allude to playing an event. music. They allude to an event, um, a car accident with a Rolls Royce between with Marty at the, at the wheel, broke his hand, um, got him sued. And, you know, I, I guess like financially ruined him and destroyed his good, his dreams of musicianhood basically set his life on a totally different course. So Precisely, though, uh, if it's if it's Marty B's life, it's he's correcting for uh, an issue that you know is, doesn't even belong to Marty A. And I suppose uh, he would have difficulty explaining to Marty B. But Marty B also knows about time travel, right? He and also he, travels he through time. And goes a through boring some. day into the future, ish. <laughs> yeah, we assume. But you think that he could, you know, He's solve, like, wow, great. solve his own damn problem. Um, well, I mean, we we the way we've talked about this and the way the trilogy kind of works together as a whole is that it's all sort of teaching Marty some life lessons. Marty A. Right? And I think that if if you're gonna if we're gonna go ahead and read all this like extra meddling in here and if we're not if we're not gonna take the movie for it at its word, because we're screwing around and having a good time here. Um, then we have to start to assume that like what Doc Brown's actually doing is trying to, to teach Marty a few things about himself. And primarily the big one is that Marty gets into a lot of stupid trouble all the time when somebody calls him out. Anytime anybody calls Calls him him chicken. chicken. Yeah. He just like gets way too hot headed about it. And it's, it's that character flaw that actually screws up his life more than anything throughout the series and and even in Back to the Future 3 when the Rolls-Royce actually comes out, that event happens. Um, It's Marty's, you know, oh, I got called a chicken. I guess I'll do this drag race that would have created that situation. So it's really the trilogy is about teaching Marty how to be a better dude generally. And if we're going to go ahead and say that Doc Brown has this influence and that there are two Martys and we're going to like not take the movie at at its written plot then it has to be that Doc Brown is doing all this stuff to help Marty grow as a person. Maybe because maybe because what Doc Brown actually has is information about how Marty, his real friend Marty, turns out, not Marty B so much, and but Marty A. And sure. And he's wants to prevent all that from happening. And maybe that's a different movie. Well, a couple <laughs> of things about what you're saying is, I mean, the one that I'll take issue with in terms of the plot of the movie is that Doc Brown says straight out that he's He's been to the future, he's seen all these things, and he's 
concluded that this one event where Marty Jr. agrees to go pull some sort of heist with Griff and gets arrested is the event that sets into motion all these terrible things that happen to Marty's family. But several scenes later, when Lorraine uh, is dropped off by police who mistake her for, uh, based on DNA analysis, for her 47-year-old self um, at her future home, or at least uh, some version of herself's future home, uh, uh, Lorraine, Grandma McFly, uh, explains in the background that the, whole thing, the the Rolls Royce race, and Marty breaking his hand, and giving up on music, and why they live in the, that sets off all the reason why Marty lives <sighs> in this rough neighborhood and um, it doesn't play music, and he's he's a salary man, etc. So it's like Doc Brown tells us that this is the the fracture point. When and then two scenes later, we learn that actually yeah. this is the thing that happened to Marty, and it's a well-known family story. Too. It's a yeah. well-known family story. It's very well-known, <laughs> and it's the, it's how the trilogy ultimately concludes, concludes right. in Back to the Future Three. So that's I, a little odd. It's I like get, okay, guess, well, Doc Brown, I I guess you're helping here, but you didn't prevent Marty from being a loser, breaking his hand, and not guess being able to play music. The situation is that, well, I mean, where Doc Brown's research came from was not primary sources. Basically, well, he couldn't the, go talk to the McFlies. Right, because they knew him 30 years ago and I guess assumed he was dead or he was dead. I don't know. Couldn't he talk to Marty B? You would think. You'd just be like, hey, Marty. Yeah. I'm from the past. What's up? How's yeah. it going? Remember that time machine I put you in? Yeah. Well, the, the benefit <laughs> of the doubt that I will give to the movie, <clears throat> uh, the movies, um, is that we see when older Marty gets fired via fax by his Japanese Read boss. Read my fax. Yeah, that he, <laughs> uh, th- in the previous scene when he's egged on by Flea of Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, into Needles. some sort of under-the-table plot that gets him fired, he's egged into it because Flea of Red Hot Chili Peppers calls him chicken. And we see in... Cafe 80s, Cafe 80s, that Marty A, our principal character, also gets egged into a fight with Griff, a fight with Griff yeah. by being called chicken. So at the very least, Marty A and Marty B have the exact same character flaw. Right, which is that, that temper. And it could be that Doc Brown knows that the only way for Marty to grow, the only way for him to prevent that event that causes at least Marty B to be a loser uh, is to, you know, grow to learn it. Right. As opposed to it just it, being corrected for him. It does seem that, you know, no amount of warning has stopped Marty from reacting badly when somebody calls him out. Right. Like that's happened. In fact, he knows better in the needle scene, in the scene where he's, he gets fired, knows better than to do it. It's a terrible idea. He says so. He's yeah. like, I could get fired. What if he's monitoring this transition, this transmission? Like, and in addition, in Back to the Future Three, the guy who gets him the the situation that results in Marty crashing his car into the Rolls Royce is Needles again, daring him to drag race. <laughs> it's the same dude, even yeah, the same guy with the damn chicken thing. So there's no. It's not like Marty hasn't learned this lesson. Through life, or well, or he hasn't learned it, but it's not like he doesn't have the evidence. 
right. or the warning from other people. What I guess has to happen is that he has to experience it in such a way through Back to the Future 3 specifically where he gets the message, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. So that's that. Anyway, where the hell were we in the plot? <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> Marty kind of recreates his uh, skateboarding extravaganza from Back to the Future 1 by riding a hoverboard. You all know this. You've seen yeah. the movie. He dodges Griff. Griff and his gang crash into uh, City Hall instead, and they get arrested, yep. thereby preventing whatever heist they were going to pull and saving Marty Jr. Yep. Family saved. Mission accomplished. Uh, afterwards... Marty has some extra time. He buys a sports almanac mm-hmm. from the antique store, which has every sports store. It's a really thin book to have every sports store. Be- sports score. Every sports <laughs> score between uh, 1955 and two, the year 2000. 2000. Yeah. It's got to be just like tiny print. It's, <laughs> um, it's just, ha- you know, box score. It has a dust jacket, which books used to have yep. to keep dust off of them. Until they created dustproof paper, <laughs> just my favorite part, <laughs> which is which is I guess an ebook which also get dusty. Um, Damn it! It's worth still no- we haven't beaten dust. It's worth noting Only that in Marty McFly's uh, 2015. Marty McFly's 2015 has uh, so they have flying cars. Bad idea. Uh, Holographic, fucking. Though I, real, I realized earlier this year that uh, <laughs> Jaws 19 is actually an adaptation of Left Shark from the Super Bowl. They look exactly the <laughs> oh, same. Oh, yeah. I think people made that. Or I think you made that joke. I made that joke. Yeah, that I'm was making you. it again. I'm sorry. Past, pe- past that me made that joke. I'm sorry. I'm I almost took that credit away from you. <laughs> On it's Twitter, fine. Nick made the Left Shark joke. I sure did. <laughs> uh, laser discs. Are still a thing. Or or they are not still a thing. Because they're being thrown out. It seems like they're just stacks of laser discs. Okay, so, <laughs> so they, the they're very like, first thing that like happens like the is, E.T. game of the future. <laughs> exactly. So they land, they land the car in the alley to send Marty out to Cafe 80s to go get in his thing. When they first land the DeLorean there, just piles of laser discs in packages all over this alley. Super like they're absurd. just like... They're just like, they're awash in laser discs. There's so many laser discs. They're just like, fucking laser discs, just <laughs> whatever. Throw them out in the alley. Compact Doesn't matter. Them. They yeah. have zero value. Just <laughs> Other than to hide the bodies of unconscious women that you may have knocked out with your date rape machine hide, moments before. because not so much. Yeah. They cop, find her immediately. Cops find her. <laughs> um, so yeah, his, his future has flying cars and hoverboards, but they do not, it does not have HDTVs. Um, uh the internet seemingly the internet seemingly the internet um they still have newspapers they still have fax machines so you know i guess whatever marty does in back to the future three sets about our current timeline I guess. in which we have the internet and you can listen to this podcast yeah all right good good change so meanwhile old biff right okay so catching 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 back up biff sees uh, Marty engaged with Griff, and he's like, this is very familiar. And then he sees Marty um, and Doc talking about the sports almanac. When and he, he sees Marty and Marty Jr. kind together of cross paths. Right. Or, or not not together, but he sees them, you know, he's standing at some point. He sees where both he sees of them one at One to once. the left, Correct. one to the right. Yeah, yes. exactly. And then he hears the whole conversation where Doc Brown's like, I didn't create the time machine to for personal gain. We're throwing the sports almanac away. And suddenly Biff's like, oh, shit. 
time travel. It catches on way quicker than anybody else. Again, okay, I know we just keep getting <laughs> sidetracked here, but Doc Brown, what, what, what? <laughs> Your philosophy doesn't make any sense. He gives this whole speech to Marty, uh, chiding him for buying the sports almanac, saying, I did not invent the time machine for personal gain. He goes on this whole speech about how it's discovering humanity and what's possible and uh, finding out where we came from and a closer look at ourselves. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's just hatched this plan to keep Marty's dumbass well, son out of jail for 15 years. To be honest, I don't, they're not, they're not equal, right? So going back, no, sure. going back and becoming super rich and let, and that's a big alteration. Like sure. A new super rich person is a big change. That's different than everybody in your, in your life is going to have their life ruined and be in prison. Like that's a, that's, I, and this is what I was going to say earlier is that maybe Doc Brown does know that Marty becomes a loser and that's just Marty's fate. His life's not that bad. No. You know, he marries Jennifer, seems pretty happy with that. He's got a, you know, he's got a house. He owns it, one assumes. He's got two kids. They seem okay. It's not that bad. It's not Could that be bad. worse. Yeah. It's not the the most terrible life. So Doc is, Doc is kind of like a, he's, he's only really looking to change things when they get real bad, seems like, for the most part. You know, I, I, I don't want to so. get shot in the chest. It's, I don't want you to go to jail. Like that's those are the kinds of changes that I'm <laughs> not. I'm not disagreeing with uh, the way Doc Brown shides Marty because obviously the sports almanac and him taking it back in time to try and make lots of money off it is really bad. Yeah, we that, get that proven. That definitely us. is at odds with Doc Brown's philosophy as he lays out in that ten seconds there, which we've never really heard before. But everything he just did for Marty is also at odds with the philosophy you right. just laid out. I mean, yes, the sports almanac is markedly worse, but pulling this really risky stunt, stuffing his girlfriend into an alley, passed out, trying to replace his son to get him out of this bind, that's all personal gain. It's yeah. all personal gain. No, I know. And I mean, I'm just, I guess the, the way I land on it is that Doc Brown has a lot of empathy. I think that's kind of the point of the whole movie, you know? I think Doc Brown is always kind of, they always kind of end up using time travel for personal gain. They don't have really have a choice. Doc Brown We're gonna uses come back stuff to for personal gain. Yeah, he does. But, oh well, I mean. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, otherwise, like, otherwise we wouldn't have these movies. That's basically what it boils down to is like, yeah, he does. Yeah, it doesn't really align with the philosophy that he's outlining to Marty. But the circumstances keep getting in the way. It's basically how it goes. I guess I could see a version where uh, Doc Brown feels like he's compensating for something because in the first movie, you know, Doc Brown's never really at risk. He does die, but it's of his own accord. It's because he duped a band of terrorists. Uh, yeah, he made a bad decision. Stealing plutonium, he kind of reaped what he sowed. He Mar also, he also, it's important to note, um, doesn't know that. The 1955 Doc yeah. refuses to hear about it. Sure. Like he doesn't even know what the stakes are. Right? Like, Marty's like, Doc, this is really important. I got to tell you. And he's like, no, 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 no. We don't want to fuck up time. Yeah. So, you know, like he... <laughs> A philosophy I'll become more lenient on as time goes on. Yeah, well, because it's important. <laughs> like, but, but, you know, Marty's family is at risk. And Marty's existence mm -hmm. is at risk. Uh, but Doc Brown never really is. And all Doc Brown gets out of it is his life saved. Right. And confirmation that his invention works. Yep. 
So maybe he feels like he owes Marty one. Yeah. Which that would have been an easy thing to insert. Bob Gale, I'm not hating. <laughs> I love these movies. But you easily could have said, like, Doc Brown could have said, listen, I know I shouldn't do this, but you saved my life. Now I'm going to save yours or yeah. something like that. I mean, I guess we could just read it in. They're yeah. pals. They're really good friends. They are. They're super weird friends. <laughs> They're super weird. So while this is Intern going on. employee friends. Jennifer gets picked up by the cops. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, we're still back there. <laughs> they, they mistake her uh, based on a DNA test for her 47-year-old self. So they think she's had a facelift like Doc Brown did. And they go and drop her off at her current address, meaning her 47-year-old uh, and her house with Marty. Right. Um, and so Marty and Doc have to go and uh, retrieve her. Yep. Um, and Doc Brown theorizes that either Jennifer, upon seeing her older self, will uh, experience shock and pass out, or will create a universe-ending paradox. <laughs> yeah. One or the other. Yeah, it could be not, either. Not yeah. quite sure. It turns out she just passes out. Whew, right. Was- so Marty and Doc have to go and get Jennifer from Marty and Jennifer's future home. Marty B, by the way. Yeah, uh, must be. In the meantime, old Biff uh, has heard about the sports almanac, heard about the time machine, seen the time machine, and follows them in a cab, which Doc Brown sees, but uh, doesn't really pinpoint. Doesn't really put it together. He doesn't put it together. And so while they're retrieving Jennifer from their future home, they see a lot of weird future stuff, including Grandma Lorraine and George McFly upside down because he threw out his back playing golf. Oh, worth noting that Marty stays out. Yeah. Marty's Marty is um, out in the street waiting because no man should know too much about his future situation, right? Yeah. So they're hoping to just snag Jennifer and get her back. Hopefully she won't learn too much, and uh, and that'll be okay. And Doc Brown's plan the whole time is to re-date rape machine her so that they can dump her back in 1985 and then convince her when she wakes up that it's all been a dream. Yeah. You're weird, Doc Brown. Uh, but while they're doing that and they're waiting for, they're waiting to retrieve Jennifer, old Biff sneaks up, steals the DeLorean, nearly crashes it, disappears. Uh, Marty and Doc grab Jennifer and then Biff returns. Uh, he breaks his cane as he's getting out of the DeLorean, leaving yeah. the head, the most obvious clue possible. In Time the out. Does Biff accidentally kill himself with his cane right there? Like, what is that? Like, I, it's almost like he gets stabbed. It's, it's like weird. he hits himself in the nuts. I mean, he's he's like out on the street, like still going, ah, like real bad. It seems like like he seriously injures himself. I, I th- I've always wondered about that. I think I he might be dying of overacting. I, I no, come on. <laughs> Tom Wilson's awesome. I know, I love him. Come on. But, that's weird. It's weird how like much they put into that. They had, like two different shots of how bad Biff got hurt by his cane. It's and weird. it's not even like, I could see the hand falling off the top of the cane, but it's like it's like the cane <laughs> breaks. And it's this whole huge like, part. <laughs> yeah. He kind of like, he almost like accidentally, he like gets it caught and jabs it in his chest or something. I don't know, it's weird. Point, point being, he leaves behind some evidence, um, but he gets the car back in time that Doc and Marty don't notice. They get Jennifer back in the car, who actually, she passed herself out by seeing her future self. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't, they didn't zap her again. Back to 85. Um, drop off Jennifer. Drop Marty off at his house. It's not his house. 
It's not right? his house. And suddenly it's you realize it's, a, it's not his 1985. There's a black family living there, which I guess is film code for it's a rough neighborhood. Uh, the dad, I mean... I mean, Strickland is more of an explanation. I don't know. I I was thinking about that scene. because he's strapped. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking about that scene and whether well, it's Marty, racist. Marty first notices <laughs> that uh, there are bars on Jennifer's windows. Yeah, he climbs in the house. It's mildly racist. I mean, Hill Valley Hill Valley is a rough neighborhood, is, yeah. the, is what we take away. Well, most All of the ruffians we see are bikers. Yeah, not a lot of bikers. They're not... They're not... They like Biffco, or Biff Town. Yeah. Biff... Biff Biff's Pleasure Palace. Biff's Pleasure Palace. That's what it it's is. It's Biff's, but the full name is Biff's Pleasure Palace. Right. Um, anyway. So uh, Marty quickly realizes that all is not right in 1985, yeah. which should be his corrected present. Wanders up to the town square where Biff's Pleasure Palace is located. And it's got a little Biff Panda Museum at the bottom where he quickly learns that Biff got hold of the sports almanac somehow, made all kinds of money. And uh, ruined Hill Valley and destroyed everything um, that he holds dear, basically. His Incl- mom is now married to Biff. Um, his kids are, are, or his brother and sister are, you know, well, Biff, off Biff scattered is his, to the wind. Biff is his dad. His Lorraine stepdad. refers to Biff as your father. It's his stepdad. Yeah. Oh, and he uh, killed George McFly, we find out. Yeah, we, which we find right. out a so little there's bit a whole, later. So there's a whole stint in 1985 uh, 1985B, which when they talk to uh, Doc Brown, he realizes it's an alternate 1985. Well, actually, actually it's 1985C. Like C at this point, yes. Um, but it is a, it's a skewer tangent timeline based on changes made in 1955 by Old Biff. Once they figure that out, um, they Marty impersonates himself to secure what information he needs from from Biff, so they can go change it. He finds out when and where, basically. He got hold of sports and neck. Calls him out on it. Yeah. Biff they, says, Biff tells him the whole story. Curiously, it's very strange. You're like, why is he telling him all of this? Why is he even showing him the almanac? Well, I feel like it's because he's he's biding time to get the gun. Well, he is. He, he's at, toying At with the him. end of which yeah. he says, and the old he guy who said he was related you. to me said you'd come one day. Right. And he holds up a gun and Marty. I don't know. I mean, Biff is, we've talked about this. Like, why did Biff stand there and laugh at George before he punched him? Like, because Biff, Biff's a villain, man. He yeah. gets the monologue a little bit. Sure. He wants to. Sure. He's got the power, finally. He's got the power. And he wants to use it. Gandalf, so anyway. Gandalf style, he chases Marty to the roof. Marty jumps off the roof onto the hood of the DeLorean. Yeah. They knock Biff out. They head back to 1955. I would even say that Doc Brown biffs Biff. With the suicide door, uh, I guess we could go with. Is that, that a suicide? Suicide doors go up. They go like they go. You can't see Do what they? I'm doing, but they go this way and <laughs> not doing out. a weird like flapping get, chicken motion. <laughs> I want doors that go like this. No, those are gull wing doors. Gull wing. That's what they're called. Ka-ka. I think. I think that's what my dad said. Ka-ka. Yeah. Whatever but anyway, Phil's dad said he whacks him with the door, and then they head back to 1955. So now it's a whole 1955 caper. You've got. Um, Marty's original stint in 1955 and all the things that he did and all the interactions with Biff that he had. But now you have Biff being interacted with by old Biff, given the almanac, um, and then going off and doing other things, right? So Marty has the, the new mission of recapturing the almanac while also making sure not to screw up anything that he did himself already in, 19, in 1955. Right, which would in turn... Because any interaction would... 
blow out the whole yeah which would ruin yeah uh the very the very precise way that he's able to get his parents to meet right and get himself back home in the original movie and if he doesn't then he would could never be back right. there again um so in fact they uh as doc mentions marty can't even interfere with the handoff of the sparts almanac because biff um old biff could do it at some other point potentially if marty if he catches eye of marty or marty tries to stop it he's gonna he's gonna blow their chance of getting the almanac back so they have to let that event occur right and so and then marty has to get the right exactly so marty ends up in the back of biff's car and watches the interaction with him and old biff um watches the handoff gets trapped in the garage of biff's house actually until the night of the dance and uh when he then gets to go out and uh sneak around at the uh, under the sea under the enchantment under the sea dance in order to try to get the uh the almanac back it's a whole hullabaloo which is a brilliant yeah. it's a it's brilliant great. it's a brilliant sequence i mean we'll we'll talk about the, it's like five the, scenes that are all great yeah well like, it's just yeah. the way it wraps back on to the first movie in a way that is both hilarious and puts a unique spin on it it's just it's, brilliant it's brilliant it's, it's brilliant. a really great use of time travel like if we're if we're getting to what makes Back to the Future really good about time travel, this is it. Especially, specifically, the idea that they travel back over top of their own timeline and have to interact with it without fucking it up is kind of awesome. And, and not many other time travel movies really do it. No, that way they do. There are a lot of movies that there are some movies that that interact with this in a different way that kind of makes it fun. Um, I'm thinking of like Time Crimes or Time Crimes or Triangle or you know. Loop movies, basically, where a lot of different people play a lot of different, or a lot of the same people play different roles in the loop, depending on how many times they've been through it. Right. Which is fun, but nobody ever does it like this, where it's just like kind of straightforward, you know, you know what happened, you have to avoid what happened and do another thing while also interacting with what happened. It's, it's cool. It's, it's intricate and it works really well. Um, especially for like how old the movie is, it's it looks great too. It's yeah, well, it's fantastic sequence. Anyway, and they 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 use some they use some footage from the original movie, but they also uh, reshoot some things to get different angles. Yeah, and doing get, body doubles uh, and stuff. And new Marty in there. Crispin so, Glover is different. They do their whole thing. Marty gets the almanac back. There's you know confrontation, etc. So it's so fun. It, this is another. <clears throat> There's another great example of Marty being completely uh, behind what's going on. It's that he struggles to get the almanac back. Principal Strickland ends up with it. He finally gets it out of Principal Strickland's office, and it turns out it's just Biff has put a dirty magazine inside the sports almanac dust jacket. And then he's freaking out to Doc Brown over the walkie. Biff could be anywhere. He lost the almanac. No, dude, you know exactly where he's going to be. You did it already. Yeah, and then he looks out the window and sees George... uh, pulling Biff out of the car and is about to deck him. What's hilarious about that is like, okay, yeah, maybe he wouldn't remember. But when Doc and Marty arrive in 1955 to, you know, steal the sports almanac back, Marty says, man, it's like I was here yesterday. And Doc Brown says, you were. Isn't yeah. it incredible? Yeah. He that was, was last actually night. there. The events are literally one day earlier. Yeah. And he does. <laughs> and with the exception of... Marty being knocked in the head and sleeping an undisclosed amount of time. Two hours. He hasn't slept. Not undisclosed. And 
Oh, it is. Oh, is it, oh you mean the sleep, the sleep that he had in 1985 originally? Yeah, 1985. Okay. In 1985, B. Yeah. Yeah. No, but he was knocked out for like two hours. Right. Well, That's he's also I, knocked out by yeah. his grandpa's car. He, he, he might have brain damage. He, like. cer- he certainly does. <laughs> Which in the butterfly effect He's serves got, as time travel itself. Yeah, so no, he winds up it's with, built in from then on. If we're if we're saying like, okay, so he's injured on the day he gets there in 1955, he's knocked out by the car, and then six days, seven days later ish, right, he's knocked out again by Biff's goons in 1985C, and then like the next day he gets knocked out in 1855. That dude needs to go to the hospital. Yeah, that's nuts. You're he not supposed to be knocked to out be that monitored. often. Doc Brown, why don't you administer a concussion <laughs> test? That's Would you like move your finger in front of him, shine a light in his eye, anything? Are his pupils dilating? Do you have bleeding in your brain? <laughs> well, okay, before we before we get to the conclusion of Back to the Future 2, I want to have a discussion about timelines because mm. we we often throw out terms like timeline A, timeline B, etc. Um and I want to talk about what it means in terms of the Back to the Future saga. Uh, Back to the Future is very explicit, especially in this film, that there is one timeline that keeps getting rewritten. Right. And uh, to go back to our conversation at the top of the episode, when we were saying, we were, when we were explaining why there is a Marty B, but there's not duplicates of everyone else, well, when Doc and Marty are traveling back from alternate 1985, where Biff has uh, Biff has influence, and they're traveling back to 1955 to try and get the sports almanac before everything goes to shit, uh, Marty has some trepidation about leaving Jennifer and Einstein behind. And Doc explains to him, if we succeed in our plan and we get the sports almanac, the universe will instantly correct for itself and for them, it will be like that terrible 1985 never happened. Yeah, it'll and just change be none around them. And within them, one assumes, right? Like, yeah. Except which, that, well... Which is similar... Yeah. It's it's similar to what happens in the first movie, which is that, um, you know, the, the George and Lorraine of the end of Back to the Future 1, uh, they don't remember the George and Lorraine that they became before because the, that wasn't them. Yeah. They, they've they now experienced a different time. So when we're talking about timelines, we're merely, we're, we're typically acknowledging the same period of time that happens in a different way. So when we say timeline A in Back to the Future, that means the original timeline, before timeline, before time travel has existed. Yeah. The world as Marty knew it at the beginning of that movie before the DeLorean instance. All the way up to the point at which he travels back into time, into 1955, and starts making changes. Yeah. Then, uh, the the end result of that, the changes that he makes, and, and the uh, timeline that he goes back to, we call timeline B, because it's the same period of time, right. say 1955 to 1985, a same period of time that occurred in timeline A, but now it's different. Yeah, it's been altered. And it's he's in altered. it. It's timeline B from the moment he changes it. Like, even though he jumps forward, it's not It's not like he jumps forward to another 1985. The 1985 he knew no longer exists. He changed it. 
Yeah. Right. He already altered it. The moment he crashes that into that barn, basically, you're talking about another timeline. Even if the changes were only that that barn was destroyed, that's enough to change everything forward, at least a little bit, whatever. That's a different 1985. So that's 1985B. That's what we're talking about. So when you start, you know, jumping back again and making more changes, like every time you alter the way things go forward, and this is an interesting case because you've got 1985C, which is the the one... That's the 1985, the timeline created by Biff's alterations in 1955. Correct. And uh, when Doc Brown and Marty go back <clears throat> to prevent that event, they're changing 1955, um, but actually they're doing a fair job of avoiding changing too much. So what they create is um, a D timeline, because yes. they do still change things, but yeah. they they actually correct it back as close to B as they can get it. Right. But they still do things. They still like injure Biff's buddies and, you know, take them out of the picture or whatever. Um, they do a bunch of things to Biff. Biff is a totally different guy because of his interactions with Marty. I mean, he already didn't like Marty yeah. in 1985B, one assumes, or he didn't like Calvin Klein. But right. uh, now it's like a number of other things. Biff damn near kills the dude. He's not like, I'm going to run you over with my car. And he means it. And yeah. he tries to do it. Like, yeah, he would have done Biff it. Biff escalates. From attempted rapist to attempted murderer in the same evening. Yes, in the same (laughs) evening. All thanks thanks to Marty. Uh huh. So that's you know that creates a D. That that's another whole timeline because of the changes that go on. Um, We never get to see a whole hell of a lot of uh, 1985 D until the next movie. Well, we assume Mm. they exist. Well, they exist very temporarily because, Mm. as we'll get to, uh, oh yeah, the beginning of. Back to the Future 3, they travel back to 1985, or 1880. sorry, 1885, which is going to have far-reaching implications. Yeah. They don't, ultimately, but we'll get there in the next episode. Well, they well, do change a few things. Wait, what? It, it does. Oh. Well, we'll oh, talk about Back to the Future What we should talk about, one episode. thing we should talk about, since it's a time travel podcast and we're here to talk about plot holes, is the giant plot hole that is Old Biff, because we kind of avoided it. We glossed it, like the movie does. But this doesn't make sense. Old Biff does not make sense. You must have quit. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, no, but so Biff goes back from 2015 to 1955, hands off the almanac, and changes everything from 1955 to 1985. Um, so when Doc Brown and Marty go back from 2015 to 1985, they wind up in a different place, a different timeline, right? 1985C sucks. Yeah. So that means that Biff goes back and changes 1955 to create 1955C out from under them, basically, essentially, right, while they're in 2015. And if we go by Doc Brown's logic, which is that if you make changes in the past, they will correct for the future. And Einstein and Jennifer won't remember and won't matter. They will just exist in a new timeline. Should not that have happened for Marty and Doc in 2015? And yes, it should have. Like, I will answer that question for you, yes. (laughs) <laughs> it's the only difference is that they have a time machine so maybe the universe gives them a mulligan basically because they well, have and access that's, to it. and that it, it, i don't think that would have instantaneously corrected for Cats. them necessarily but it is interesting that when they're well, headed back to their their delorean 
uh, after retrieving Jennifer, there's nothing immediately different about the surrounding neighborhood. It should totally change. And it should though. totally change. It should change and they should remember it changing. And they should be oblivious. Actually, yeah. I, I meant or to Or not mention- remember, but yeah, not they should remember 1985C. And the other thing is that Biff could not return to 2015B, the 2015 of, the, of Back to the Future 2. Couldn't do it. Doesn't exist anymore. He changed it. Right. So he couldn't come back to bring them the DeLorean back. He couldn't come back to leave the cane in the car. This is a this is a fudge that the movie makes, basically, in order to make it work. Um, he has altered that future. He can't return to that future unless he goes back and changes his own actions, prevents them from happening, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's altered he, like Marty. You know, Marty goes. Marty goes back to 1955, makes a bunch of changes. And returns to a 1985 that is significantly different than the one he remembers. Correct. Right? And the only reason we can we have concluded that he is able to do so is thanks to the influence of Doc Brown. Right. Exactly. Which Biff does not have. Biff comes back um, to 1955, makes a bunch of changes, and then returns. He should return to a 2015 of his own making. Right? Correct. He should never again interact with Marty. Which is why, this here's a, here's a broad time travel lesson. Whenever anyone talks about time travel and they say, oh, if I could time travel, I would go back and live out the third grade differently. That's dumb. You know why? Because when you travel back to whenever you were in the third grade, you are still however old you are now. Yeah. It's just the you from that time. You could not be. You from the time of the present. Yeah. You could not be uh, seven years old again or however old you are. That is Freaky Friday. Or yeah. vice versa. Which is not time travel. <laughs> it's not time so travel. If, any, if you say that, stop doing it. And if anyone else does, tell them they're wrong. Yeah. That's like a weird tell them we sent you. I don't know what that is. You project your consciousness back into your old body. I don't body. even want to think about it. Butterfly effect. Yeah, it's Butterfly dumb. effect is what it is. Actually, I kind of like butterfly effect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this also um, raises, raises uh, a huge issue with back to the future and it's again it's it's about the narrative devices that they're using to make yeah. the film work let's go ahead and say that so, we love back to the future and that we don't care about this stuff but it doesn't super make sense that's all we're getting at the other reason why timelines are important to demarcate okay marty in the original back to the future <laughs> is able to travel from his original timeline back to 1955 nearly fucked things up put things back together and then travel forward in time to 1985, where there is a different but similar Marty. Okay. Uh, he is able to do that without disallowing for his own existence. There is another Marty, despite the fact that he still exists. So the reason it's important to mark timelines is to say, oh, this is the timeline that happened before time travel occurred, and this is the time travel we're in now, and they're they're in their own way chronological, right? Which That's means because that, because Marty is a product of the other. He's timeline A yielded Marty A. Yeah, right? it does like, not mean that Marty uh, Marty A doesn't exist anymore. Right. It means that that timeline happened before and has now been unwritten. The difference being. Marty has time traveled, and right. therefore he is unstuck in time, and different rules yeah, apply. Yeah, I mean, him. like it's weird. One would think that because Marty changed his the nature of his own birth and his own uh, childhood, that the rewriting of the timeline would also rewrite him, but it doesn't. Yeah. So, like, that's just well, and that's just one of those things. We 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 so we have to kind of assume that 
not only are these all these timelines all tangents, but they all they all stack on top of each other. They all still exist in some way. You or know? have existed. Or yeah. yeah, like physically, I guess is the way to put it. Because Marty Marty doesn't, you know, paradox himself out of existence by fucking up his own life. You know, and he kind of does, but he doesn't. It takes a really long time to happen for some reason. So Well, and this is so <clears throat> I have two two other two other points here. One, this is why uh old Biff does not simply phase out of existence for having made his young self's life better. He should have returned to a 2015 that is different, yeah. influenced by the almanac that he himself brought back. But it doesn't mean that he didn't have his original experience right. of his original life. Yeah, what we've come to know, based on the rules of Back to the Future, is that his existence in timeline B exists still. Like, he is the product of that timeline. Correct. Just because he jumped out of it and came and changed time doesn't mean that he's rewritten himself. But again, why is it different? It's the same reason Doc Brown gives as he and Marty are traveling from... From from Biff World to... From Biff World 1985 to 1955 is uh, that they are time travelers. And so that it gets automatically corrected for everyone else, but not for them, because they are aware of the timelines from which they have come. Right. If nothing else, they are evidence that those things have happened. But... And this is the last point about this. Yeah. The problem is that the Back to the Future series tries to have it both ways. Yeah, it definitely. And we know this because the rules. in the original, what happens? Marty is trying to save his own existence, right? When George and Lorraine are at the Enchantment Under the Sea dance and they're not kissing, some some yeah. schmo cuts in on Lorraine and George has not yet decided to uh, uh turn back around and shove him to the ground <laughs> marty starts he becomes unable to play guitar yeah, he's like fading out of existence he's fading out of existence but that's bullshit that shouldn't happen actually his existence is not threatened at all no because there isn't a new he's already created new circumstances he's from another like i said he's from effectively another world it's a different planet earth right it's planet earth a they he has changed the the situation in the timeline so as to create a new version of earth from you know like it's a different marty he has a different growing uh, upbringing because none of those things change in marty as we know him he doesn't remember a new life obviously he's from the first version of the world he remembers yeah. that version of the world yeah and because of that the causality means that he's not disallowing for himself he's he was the product of other georges and lorraines basically precisely so all he's actually saving (laughs) is the existence of marty b right and and the family that he goes back to at the end of back to the future which is not his. so he should never yeah he is an imposter creepily (laughs) not his original family they're rewritten he's a similar but not the same marty that they know he should never be fading from existence. No. Should not happen. No, but it makes for a better movie. It does. So. And it also makes for a better movie if Biff comes back to 2015 and leaves them in the DeLorean so they can go fix it. Yeah. Though I, I you know, I was wondering that I was as I was re-watching this. It's like, if you're Biff, I mean, I guess it makes it so that they don't notice. But wouldn't your better move to be to strand Marty and Doc Brown in 2015 
in this new Biff reality? Why would you bring them back the time machine? Yeah. Well, this is a weirdness because because it's not a new Biff reality when they in 2015 for some reason. You know, you're you're right. If the situation was such that they should if the if it was a new 2015, he should leave them there, right? Why not? Right. But it's not. It's their old 2015. So I don't know. I guess he wants to like do it clandestinely. Hopefully they won't notice. Yeah. But that, that's I what would, I mean. I think that I the think that's better, his plan. The better explanation is probably that Biff doesn't super under like nobody. He doesn't really understand. Well, he's, he's a butthead, that's, and that's not Biff's Even fault. Even in old age, he's a butthead. He's not. He's not any dumber than Marty. You know, like we're not. I'm not saying that Biff is not an intelligent dude, or that Marty's not an intelligent dude. Time travel is hard to fucking follow, especially in the moment. So I, I, it's just a bad call, I think, you know. But realistically, the other thing is, if you're in 2015 and you have access to fusion reactors and flying cars, how hard is it really for Doc Brown to reconstruct that time machine in like, you know, a matter of Well, and probably he has an old one buried somewhere. Apparently. He does sort of tend to be that guy. So ultimately, Marty gets the sports almanac from Biff in a in a low speed chase uh, on a hillside road in a tunnel. Biff tries to kill him repeatedly yes. while Marty's on a hoverboard. Uh, Biff tries to scene. run him over, and Doc Brown drops him a, a line of flags, yeah. picks him up in the flying DeLorean. We could address that real quick. That um, I read a fan fear uh, fan theory. That Marty was actually killed in this tunnel because Doc Brown does kind of uh, appear at the exact right moment with the exact right um, object to save Marty's life in the exact right place, right? It's a lot of coincidences and fans theorized, some fans theorized, I guess, um, that maybe what happened was that Marty was killed the first time and Doc went back and had the information so he knew where to be and when to be there. Uh, I don't really buy it, just generally. One, because there's nowhere else that Doc could be. It's not like he could have intervened earlier or later. Um, you know, it's, if you have time travel and you can go any place, uh, the situation in the tunnel is that he has to be right there. So it's if he's going to save him, he's going to save him in that place. And two, uh, it's just a movie thing. <laughs> it's yeah, not, it's a movie. Some there's not any evidence just a movie. to just suggest like, that. Just like people being recast. It's he, a, doesn't, it's a movie thing. he doesn't have... A crazy amount of information. That's what I'm. That's what I'm getting at. It's not like Doc Brown has a crazy amount of information about where to be and when to be there. He went to go find Marty. He knew where Marty was, and there's only one place he could go, which is the end of the damn tunnel. So, like, it's not like oh no, it's not like such a huge coincidence that suggests foreknowledge. It's basically what I think. So I don't. I don't really buy that one. Yeah, I'm really into it's, it. It's a movie moment. <clears throat> moment. You should back away from your semiotics and <laughs> just let it be an amazing sure. moment, which it is. Um, and so they head out to the outskirts of town. That being Doc and Marty. As Doc fucking should have done at the beginning of the movie when he uh, <laughs> brazenly yeah. flew his time machine DeLorean flying car down the middle of a suburban street in broad daylight. One of the most iconic moments in, this, in movies. <laughs> so. Yeah, it was all it was all for the iconography. Uh, and as they're preparing to travel back to 1985, which to 1985, which is 
Oh, they burn the almanac too. They burn the almanac, and, and when he they, does, and it fixes everything. Yeah, the the uh, newspapers that they have change. Everyone has a copy of a freaking newspaper, <laughs> and the matchbooks uh, that Marty has, which is brilliantly set up. That original original Biff, or I guess Biff B, has uh, matchbooks for his um, auto detailing yeah. thing. He wants to show Marty at oh, the very man. beginning, uh, but then Marty grabs a matchbook off of. Um, Biff World Paradise Palace, uh, right off of his desk, and it's the same. Only it says Paradise yeah, it's a pa- different logo. Ple- Pleasure Palace, Pleasure Palace. Uh, instead important. of um, auto body detailing, and that changes. Uh, I I did want to I wanted to point this out. This is just like a small detail, but it's worth talking about. After Marty and Doc have realized that George McFly is dead in in Biff World, nineteen eighty five. And they gather at uh, Doc's old laboratory, which is just ruined. And Doc has retrieved some newspapers to figure out what the hell has happened in this alternate timeline. And he shows Marty the newspaper that says that George McFly has been killed. And I'm shot to death. Local author shot to death. Local author shot dead. Mm-hmm. Problem is that at the end of Back to the Future, he brings in his. Biff does. Books. First Biff, book. Biff brings in, like, look, your books are here. Your first book. Your first book. Yeah. Which, uh, and, in, and in this alternate reality, he was shot 12 years ago. So when Marty was five. Yeah. So he... that's just that's just a, a moviemistakes.com yeah. moment. Yep. Continuity error. Yeah. That he of, was not. Of a ridiculous nature, really. Like, this sure. is just a really fucking care. It just stood out to me. It's <laughs> no, it's good. Me. I mean, like, I caught it too. So they head to the Marty and Doc head to the outskirts of town uh, as the lightning storm is is beginning, and they're going to head back to the now fixed um, 1985, which is in fact D. timeline D. Yeah, a new alternate 1985, um, a fixed, no longer Biff World version, but also a changed version from the uh, 1980 or from the 1985 that Marty experienced at the end of the first movie. Right. Because, like I said, he he hasn't he's changed Biff again. Biff's weird again. He's different. We yeah. don't know how different, but probably one assumes pretty shitty at this point, right? Well, I guess he still has the he's still a small business owner. Maybe. Yeah, I feel like he would go back to being kind of the version of Biff that we saw at the end of uh, Back to the Future. I know, right? but I feel like Marty Marty enraged Biff to such a new level. Right. In that tunnel. <laughs> I mean, he's going to murder him. Yeah. He's going to murder Calvin Klein. And not even like well, not even like get away with that kind of murder. Just straight run him over. Yeah. Yeah. It's just going to, I and mean. He would have gotten away like, with it because he's not a person that exists or has uh, next of kin. Wait, what? Oh, well, whoa, whoa. Uh, I guess Marty if you murder? kill, if you kill a vagabond, you still kill the person. No, I mean, it's not so much about who Calvin Klein is. Although everybody remembers Calvin Klein that week. They're all, they're all going to know. Oh yeah, he got into a bunch of fights with Biff. Right. You know, <laughs> like that's there. I think he stole get, his wallet. I, think I mean, he stole his wallet. Yeah, Biff's gonna get Biff's gonna get picked up immediately. If on he, that if he just just oh, runs yeah. a dude over. Even 1955. Even if he like hides the body. No, Biff is the prime suspect. So, and that's how that's how enraged he got him. Like this is a terrible decision, Biff. Don't do this, Biff. You're ruining your life, Biff. Yeah. In addition to it just being, you know, don't murder folks. We already know Biff's kind of questionable morality, but... But we never see that future mm-hmm. version of Biff again, so we don't really know. Yeah, that's right. We don't. 
but we do know he has an auto dealing detailing thing. He does. So I guess so. he well, that's why I mean I feel like he's still he's ends probably up being pretty some close. version of that guy at the end. But that a little bit neutered. Like he was and 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 one last thing. Um we kind of assume that when George punches out Biff, it changes both George and Biff, right? Sure. I mean, that's the assumption we get in Back to the Future One is that George has confidence and Biff is kind of like deferential to George at that point, right? Or at least, you know, whatever. George has money. Doesn't matter. Um, But this is Biff in a 1955 context where he got punched out, woke up, and was like more enraged, more hulked out, not less, not like put in his place. That's true. So... He has the most angry auto detailing shop in all. Yeah, Hill so I don't know. <laughs> all this being all this being just evidence that 1985D is a different place, and uh, yeah, who knows what Biff is like? But he's definitely different, and because he's different, it's a new 1985. Marty's truck looks pretty waxed at the end of Back to the Future Three. It's pretty nice. So while the, here's one of the many downfalls of a flying car, even in 1955, where there are not other flying cars to crash into, uh, the lightning storm, which is Meanwhile, carrying uh, original Marty back to the future right. is going on here on the outskirts of town. Doc gets in his DeLorean, gets struck by lightning, and he just zaps out of existence. Yes. He basically explodes. Basically explodes. But like, it then leaves like two nines? I don't know what that's about. I don't know. It's I... like flame trails. Weird yeah, ones. I suppose so. Anyway. Um and as Marty is grieving the apparent death of uh, his good friend and mentor, also being stranded and stranded, stranded in 1955, 1955 <laughs> uh, a mysterious car rolls up with a mysterious guy who asks him if his name is Marty McFly. It turns out to be a guy from Western Union who has a letter from Marty, yeah. which they've had in their possession for 70 years. Yep. It turns out it's from Doc Brown. It turns out that Doc Brown wound up in 1855. It turns out that Doc Brown is fine. Um, yeah, everything seems good. And, and he just so, wants to stay there. Yeah. And so the end of the movie is Marty knowing that Doc Brown survived. We cut to original Doc Brown who helped, uh, Marty yeah. McFly. This would get be back. 1955 Doc Brown from Back to the Future 1. Yes. Right. Who helped, uh, Marty get back from 1955 to 1985. Uh, sees that Marty off is celebrating in the streets and then. Marty A, as we've been with the entire movie, runs around the corner, freaks Doc Brown out, yeah. and that is the end of our movie. Yep. Back from the future, which is the the best line. Like, yeah. I just love that line. I'm back. I'm back from the future. But no, Doc, I'm back. <laughs> so next week, we'll tackle the final film in the trilogy, Back to the Future 3, and Marty um, invents the Frisbee. Marty invents the Frisbee and the Bulletproof Vest. So last episode, we were so excited about our first Paradox podcast that we forgot to beg you to subscribe and rate <laughs> us on iTunes and to oh, yeah. tweet us your questions and all that stuff. So do all that. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Phil Hornshaw, all one word. You can find me on Twitter at HeWizard. And we'll put those in the notes. Of the podcast also. Phil will do it. I'm not going to do it. I'll do it. And enjoy your 30-year anniversary of Back to the Future. Yeah. Wear a a coat that 
changes its sizes and also dries itself. Good one, Phil. I don't know. I fucking got distracted by a cat. Until next time, <laughs> something clever. Firefoot. <laughs> <Fire puts. laughs>